I I loved I love understanding that there is levels to everything, and I love one concept that David has said, and I carry with me to this day. He says, "I never want to be at the very top as far as uh, as far as mentors to mentees. I always want to be in the middle. Mm-hmm. Somebody I want to have a mentor, and I also want to have mentees that uh, that I'm teaching. Never just be at the top. I want to be the top dog where everybody looks up to. I can't grow up here." Welcome to Beyond the Ball Podcast. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, ballers? And welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Jones, and Man, it's pretty dope when you learn new stuff, man. Ballers, what's going on out there? <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm excited to, to come to you all once again with another episode with another phenomenal guest. And without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get ready to bring this gentleman out. But before we do, I want to encourage you all, wherever you're listening to, wherever you're tuning in from, if you're not on YouTube, make sure you go right here and make sure you click that box to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Um, so you get exclusive content and not just what we hear on the podcast, but ultimately additional content regarding everything that you need to succeed beyond your degree. But now enough about that. I'm going to go ahead and get to today's guest. Our guest goes by the name of Mr. Marlon Walls. And this gentleman is a podcast co-host of the Money Monopolizer podcast, as well as he's a rental car fleet owner. Let's get it. In addition to that, one last thing I got to ask, I got to put out there is he also is a real estate investor. Go ahead, ballers. Welcome in Mr. Marlon Walls. Marlon, how you feeling, brother? How you feeling? Man, I love the production of this entire thing, man, because, you know, I do the podcast myself. So I'm loving just the way that you got the whole setup going, man. Like this is next level for sure. So for one, I'm just glad that you invited me on here to be a part of your show and I'm ready to get started, man. How you how you feeling? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. But Marlon, man, go ahead, take a second and, and, and let the people know a little bit about you. Because I mean, I know I just hit on the the, the big three, but man, j- just go ahead this time. Just take over, man. And I'm I'm, I'm kicking to you. Just just take take a little bit of time, man. Take a little bit of time. All right. So the, the problem is that I'm I'm a podcaster myself, so I always think about how we would start the episode. You no, know, we always go into the background story of our guests. So I just I guess I'll lead in that same regard. Uh, who I am, I like you said, I am a um, podcast co-host i'm also rental car fleet owner and real estate investor but i promise you it did not start like that by any means um when i go back and look at my story i think it really starts back when i was in um probably when i moved to houston i think that that was like the pivotal point for my life uh so i would uh, just to give you a bit, bit of background i was born in detroit michigan and around there we saw all around you don't really see any opportunity the same way that you see everywhere else not to say that there is an opportunity but that's just not what i was exposed to and so uh, one thing i was always good was like saving money and things like that like i always used to save all of my money and i would always um i was just very frugal and that was i would say that's one thing that i took away from being a child to adulthood is that i was always mindful about how much i was uh, saving and how much i was spending and um when i moved to houston I, st- I met this guy uh, named Alex. That's our, my podcast co-host. And that was probably like in seventh grade. I meet him and he's he also likes money, but he, he's also very uh, self-motivated, very driven to be the best. And I also had that same mentality. So we were both 
were in football. We both really wanted to like be first in whatever we were doing, whether we were running uh, laps around the track, whether we were playing 2K, whether we were <laughs> doing just about anything. We wanted to beat each other. We wanted to be the best. And even in school, we were very well educated. So we took all the PAP classes. We ended up going to um, to college. We both like graduated high school, went to um, college. Um, I, we both were engineering majors as well. We both graduated in three and a half years. Mm. Um, I was in mechanical engineering. He was in civil engineering. And um, my I can go deep into that story if you want me to. But my story was that I was a 4.0 student um, in engineering physics as well as a student athlete on the football team. Mm. And I'm talking about 4.0 cumulative. So all seven semesters I was there, 4.0 every, every single semester, engineering physics. And so they made me seem like this larger than life figure, somebody that anybody on the campus or anybody in the community should be looking up to. So they were putting my face on magazines for the alumni. They were putting my face on the, um, so you know how the football stadium has like the, um, the press box, my mm-hmm. face was on the on like one one side of the press box. Oh. Like they, they would highlight highlight the athletes that were on the highlight the star athletes on the team. That would be I was on the face of there as well. And then my face was all around campus as far as this is the guy, this is who y'all need to look up to and, and be like. So, I'm I'm very a very humble person. I don't ever think I'm very arrogant or anything like that. Nothing really goes to my head. But I mean, at some point, you do start feeling like, hey, I, I do know a, little, a couple of things. I mean, I'm, I'm a little smart. <laughs> I, 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 know, like, I know a little yes. something. I know a little, I know a little something. something. <laughs> and so I want to preface what I'm about to say next by saying at the same time, when I because I was playing football through from high school and college, I never had the, the opportunity to do like an internship or work a job like during the summer or something like that. And that's mm-hmm. leading all the way through out of high out of college. I never had a true job. So I never had any work experience. So when I first graduated college, that was my first time, first true work experience. So <clears throat> me and Alex both graduated in seven years, seven semesters. And in January of 2018, we started um, started our full-time corporate jobs as engineers. And so two weeks in, uh, we get this thing called a paycheck, right? And <laughs> it drops into my uh, direct deposit account on my phone that morning, like Friday morning. And I see what I made. This is a engineering check. So it's pretty sizable. I'm like, mm. this is going to be nice. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm pretty hyped for it. So I'm, I'm truly excited. I, I got my first ever paycheck. I go into the office that day. And because, like I said, I was very money minded all the time growing up as far as like just being conscious of how much money I have. So I wanted to always see what my paycheck looked like in the actual in actuality, because all I got was the direct deposit. I want to see what the paycheck looks like. So I walk into the office. I look at the paycheck and I almost like uh, pee my pants for it. I'm like, no. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> that's that this thing called gross pay. So that's one number. The number that's in my checkings account is way less. So now I got to go figure out and I'm calling my dad. Hey, man, somebody like messed up my, my account or something like so I got a gross pay and I got what is this stuff in my account called net pay. Something happened in between those two numbers. I can't figure <laughs> out. And so he's like, oh, man, what you talking about? You could talk about taxes. Yes. Yeah, so I'm like, whatever you're talking about, there's there's fed, there's state, there's uh, med. Like, what does all this stuff mean? He's like, yeah, man, it's taxes, bro. <laughs> so I had like, just this is like my epiphany moment. I'm like, yo. <clears throat> Seven seven semesters, 4.0 student. People can't people telling you that everybody needs to be like you. Everybody believes that you're the smartest person in the world. You know everything. And two weeks out of college, you learn how little you really know. Oh, <laughs> wow. That, 
and that for me was just like the epiphany moment to say I know nothing, and I I, I believe like I believe that to this day I am a student for life. I would never believe I know anything because I'm always just, I'm always ready to learn more because I know how much I don't really know, and I know that there's endless potential to grow because of the fact that there's so much information out there. And so fast forwarding a little bit more, just like about a month later, um, I told Alex, that's my podcast host, I told him about the same little taxes story. And he had already read Rich, this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <clears throat> and that book, he was talking about, yeah, man, the taxes plus a lot of other stuff that we don't, that we never really learned about growing up in school is taught in this book. And I'm like, man, listen, I'm all ears. I'm a student for life. Let's get, uh, let me get that book. Two days finished it. Be, mind you, what? I have, Two days? Not, I have Rich... not read a book oh, since God. eighth grade. I From eighth grade to age 21, I had not read one book. Wow. But that book I finished in two days. And that after that, we said, okay, we had to make a decision on what we want to do, do with our life here moving forward. <clears throat> so my thing was that I, we, so our thing was that we, we were going to do real estate. And so we started on a real estate path. Um, I can I can go de- into detail with that later on. Using, I'll let you answer questions. But we started in real estate. But then fast forward a year, we, we realized that we were talking about just different financial literacy type of uh, terminology, type of um, topics all the time. Like we're talking about real estate, talking about um, how to save money, how to invest money. All these conversations me and my podcast co-hosts were having. But at the same time, we thought about t- people that were around us growing up they never had the opportunity to be exposed to these things. They never read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. They never um, got to do a podcast and talk about, uh, no, we didn't get to the podcast yet, but that's what we're leading up to. They never got had the opportunity to like be exposed to things like buying a house, like um, learning what taxes were, like um, credit, all these type of things. We weren't afforded those opportunities growing up because we just didn't have the information in previous generations. And so, we, uh, Alice came up with the idea, we should start a podcast, record our conversations that we're currently having, and then put it out there to where other people can see what we're talking about and be inspired to do the same thing. Mm, man. I'll, hold I'll on. Answer some questions from there. I'm going to stop. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Marlon. Hold the phone, man. Wait a minute. So your first, so your first introduction or your first awakening to, to I guess more so the financial conversation that that came by way of the taxes and then is that the same way that your that your co-host came came into that conversation as well or, or what it what would that look like so his story is a little bit different because he's actually always more entrepreneurial than I ever was and back in I think our junior year of college he has said that he wanted to start his own engineering firm because he had worked an internship himself he didn't play football in college so he actually got a chance to work an internship and his story was that he went into that internship he was excited at first but then he looked to his left and to his right saw an old dude about age 50 saw another dude over here about age 47 like mm. i know i'm i know i'm here at age 20 but why are y'all still here and he's like, so this is obviously like a plateau. This is where you go to live the rest of your life. And he's never been somebody who wants to stay in the same place and do the same thing repetitively. That's not what he does. And so he said, this can't be the, this can't be the end, end all be all for me. And so that's why he read Rich Dad Poor Dad first. And then um, I came along a little bit after. And he's like, yeah, we can start start this journey together. Because we, like I said, we were already always pushing each other in uh, junior high and high school. So it only made sense that we can continue to push each other into real life. Wow. So so you said from eighth grade to you being 21, you didn't read you didn't read a book. 
<laughs> but knowing, but you being a college, because you go through the process, especially if you're a 4.0 student in college, then I'm going to assume that you were a 4.0 student in high school as well. Is that correct? I was, so 4.0 was for one, never the intention. It just so happened that the first semester I got a 4.0 and I will say one, I, I discovered one of my true gifts was just consistency. Mm. Like whatever I really put my mind to, I'm going to stick to it longer than anybody else ever will. And um, that's just one of my examples of where I, was, I showed consistency over anybody else because I did it for one semester and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm just going to class and studying, studying my, um, studying for tests, turning in my work. That's what how I looked at it. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not going to stop doing that. That's how I'm, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, I wasn't necessarily a 4.0 student in college, no, in high school, but um, I was on a 6.0 scale because of the pre-AP classes. So I actually think I had like a 4.2 out of a 6.0 scale. Oh God! Hold on, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So. So just so just for the people out there, well, well, no, we're gonna we're gonna go here with it. We're gonna go here with it. So from you being a student, student and student athlete, to like you now, like that that consistency. Can you give us like a tangible example, or can you give us some like tangible strategy or tip that somebody listening, if they're struggling with consistency and they're struggling with just ultimately like focus what like what what's something tangible that they can begin to do to where they can begin to generate a level of consistency because you, you you've mastered it marlon so so talk to <laughs> him talk to me uh, my go-to for that type of question is always start off with your goal in mind so for me i have different examples of um where, why i was so consistent in different areas but for school i always just wanted to do well and honestly i think foundationally before i even got to college i did always want to uh be a well i guess please my parents and as far as like making them proud of me so i think that i can really owe some credit to that as far as why i was doing well in school because i did i love just because they were very supportive so i think that's one reason why i'm very family oriented and i really cherish like the uh like free time like i cherish time freedom so much so that's so matter of fact that's a perfect segue that is my goal for everything that i'm doing is time freedom because mm. i cherish that they used they used to come to every game i'm talking about from junior high high school college they may have missed two games wow. in all of those years and i'm talking about both of them were there together and that's how supportive they were even my grandmother um she was always there as well not at mm. every game because she lived in detroit but that's a little bit different um so as long as they were i'm talking about they traveled too like my parents did they were they went to where we played we played in iowa they they had a, they drove out there and they, they just there was nowhere that they wouldn't go to see me play and mm -hmm. so i really cherish that so i think me um in school really um well me doing well in school had they had something to do with that but i think at the end of the day the answer to that is you have to start with a goal in mind and once you have that goal or that target that's what you have to continuously think about every day I think it's very good to write it down too. If you write it down and see it on your wall, see it on your uh, phone, wherever you write it down at, you need to be able to see it every day because that'll remind you no matter how you actually feel at that on that current day, this is your goal. And if, you, if that goal is strong enough, you're always going to work towards it. And the, the days where you don't feel like doing it, if that, that goal has to just be that strong, it has to be like, I don't care how I feel today. I'm doing it because I know it needs to be done for me to achieve my goal. And without that goal, you usually don't, you don't, maintain that level of consistency that's good marlon so start with the goal in mind put the goal in your face right you got to see it every time every time wherever you and i really like how you said despite how you feel other days 
because one thing that I've realized that there there'll be sometimes where I'm 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 on the high horse. I'm excited. You know, I I, I might have booked this guest for this interview. You know how it goes. Oh, and you yeah. you get you get really excited, and then you forget how you felt when you were in that funk. And then when you lose sight of how you felt in that funk, now you're not as driven as you were down that day. So it's just one of those things that helps it keep it in the forefront of your mind. So I, I really, I really, I really like how you how you hit on that because I think that's, I mean, I think that's something that we need to we, we need to remember. Like we need to remember when we took an L. We need to remember when you know we got rejected. We need to remember. Mm-hmm. And I want to just comment on one like the one word to summarize that is discipline. And I think I've had a great deal of that. And I really think that uh, foundationally may come from playing a sport, playing football, playing basketball, playing anything. So I'm talking about from practice to the games, like all of that takes a level of discipline. You have to show up to practice every day. I don't care how you feel in the morning, whether you feel like sleeping in to 10 a.m. or you feel like sleeping in the whole day. You if practice is at 7 a.m., you better have your butt there at 7 a.m. if you want to play that game. <laughs> and as simple as that, um, there was we had in football, we had summer camp, uh, fall camp. We uh, came back after two weeks uh, during the winter. Sometimes we played into the winter because we were in the playoffs. It's just a, a daily routine. Like you have to, you, this is something that has to be done. I don't care how you feel. If you mm. can, if you can disregard how you feel and do do what needs to be done anyway, you will achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve, and it's just inevitable. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And since you took it back to football, I'm gonna go back because I wanted to ask this question, but I thought I thought we we're gonna shift the conversation. But I'm glad you went back to football. But I gotta ask you, what was the pressure like? Because you said, you know, your your face is plastered everywhere, and as you were saying, I just started thinking about back to like the Heisman Trophy days when they would like put. <laughs> guys on the side of buildings and stuff like that but you know being at your university and and where, where, where'd you go to school oh yeah i didn't even say that stephen f austin state university it's in uh, east texas oh yeah i was at ut tyler that's what's up okay, that's what's yeah, up. okay. yeah 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 but nice. but in, in 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 that atmosphere and in that culture you know you being put on the side of stuff like you said where wherever they have the donors and stuff like that you were you were front of mind they're like this is the example strive to be like the example like how like what what was it like what was that pressure like just to be consistent doing what you're doing but even knowing that meant so many eyes are on you i honestly i think i truly never let it get to me too much i think i had a lot of not even a lot, but the main the voices that I cared about were always in my ear. So my dad, he just says, like, live in a moment, get everything you can while you can, because there would be there will come a day where this is all gonna end. And just make sure that you left no had no regrets, that you left everything that you had, and just um understand that it's just a, a small moment in time. And so just cherish it while you have it, and it's not gonna always be there. I think I learned a lot learned to appreciate that those type of um words of encouragement or words of advice a lot more after I graduated. And I really understand how everything comes into your life for a season. And it's just about understanding that take what you can during this season in your life and then be make it help it or allow it to propel you to the next season. Mm. So what season of your life would you would you say you're, you're in right now? Man, <laughs> I am in a, an awakening season. Mm. And like so you being in the morning meetup, you know exactly what uh, who I'm talking about, but. Um, I look at my life as a series of mentors that I've had as, at different stages. And I've had a lot more of recent than I have um, in, in like before college or before high school. But now I see myself now as like I, different mentors will get me to different levels. And so 
or the morning meetup, we have uh, David Shams. I consider that like my mentor from afar because he has a lot of, for one, core values beyond just the entrepreneurship, just how, how he values um, his relationship with God, stuff like that, how he values, like uh, he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't cuss. That's a, all that stuff is I, I identify with because I'm the exact same way. Mm. And so a lot of those values beyond just entrepreneurship, but in entrepreneurship, um, just that like the content creation bootcamp that he put on, that for me was life changing. I can't even express that enough. I say that everywhere I go, because that truly bought me out of the shell that I was in before. And um, when I say a shell, um, people looked at me both in high school and college, um, as far as on the football team, as the, um, the, the leader that leads by example, because I never really used to speak. I was very non-vocal when it came to um, like uh, leading the team. Like I, I would always, I would be the person that they say be like him, but I'm not going to necessarily be the one that says follow me. I would just, I would lead by, I would just be the one that's doing my thing and somebody else would point me out. Now I'm very, very vocal about what I believe in. So when it comes, so now my, um, my niche and my focus is around that financial literacy aspect because that's what we teach on Money Monopolizers. That's what we teach on our, our podcast platform. And so all of my content, all of my, uh, anything that I say on social media is going to be geared towards that because that's the voice that I want to have portrayed for myself. I know that people may see me as an engineer. People may see me as a football player. People may see me as a brother, as a uh, son. But at the end of the day, this is where I want to be known for. And I'm very unapologetic about it now as opposed to how I was, say, five months ago. And it's just been an evolution and a growth process. And I think I really owe a lot of that too, uh, to, to being in the morning meetup to David Shands. And I, so that's really my story when it comes to that. So that's the season of my life I'm in right now is that uh, evolving in that evolution season. Man, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that. A, a, awakening, man, awakening. And I, I think it's just interesting because typically, you know, when we hear the phrase woke, that that can mean something totally different, um, but but just now in 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 this space where where, where we're in, and, and as you all heard Marlon talk about the morning meetup, it, it's a it's basically a morning accountability group, but it's so much more than that. Uh, it's it's so much more than that. But Marlon, the reason I really want to bring that to the forefront is because, I mean, you you've heard it said, and I've heard it said that if you want to hide something from a certain individual, then then you put it in a book. Okay, you you put in a book because books can at times books can be overwhelming when you look at a book and you see a book and we'll just use Rich Dad Poor Dad, for example, Rich Dad Poor Dad, the book, the book is thick. Okay, it looks like it, it has the amount of pages that a textbook has in it. But at the same time, if you if you knew that when you were about to read a book that somebody else is going to read the book with you. Right. If you knew that when you're about to read a book. And you knew if you didn't read chapter one and two, like we we're supposed to last night, then you can't have anything to share on a call and you're going to feel left out. And the reason I just want to bring the reason I want to bring that out is because what you said about mentors and then also just what you said about being in a season of awakening. I think that so often, if we're not careful, trying to do life alone is really dangerous. It's, it's hazardous to our health. It's, it's hazardous to our health, Marlon. Talk to me, Marlon. Talk Man, to me. I got so many ideas running through my brain. I'm gonna no, go ahead. Let, 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 let them flow. Let them flow. <laughs> no, nah, man, because that community is life changing, and for that exact reason, because we just started the reading of chapter a day uh, this in this year. So, like in January, Dave just had this idea that says we need to become readers because that's what the wealthy do. 
readers are the uh, the wealthy are the ones who continuously educate themselves. They are the students for life that, that I was talking about earlier. It's the people that are not wealthy that feel like they know everything before they even begin. And that's where I really, because I, I look back at back in my um hometown of Detroit, not necessarily pointing them out and saying that they don't know anything, but a lot of people in that, that community only know Detroit. They don't even want to go see Ohio or Wisconsin. They don't want to get out of their immediate circle. Like it's just a level of comfort that people have that prevent them from being able to grow. Like once they know what they know, they don't even want to try nothing else because they, they don't want to be exposed to anything else. And I think that exposure is everything. So with that morning media community, you're exposing yourself to things that you don't normally see when you're living alone, doing everything on your own, um, just being surrounded by yourself. Like somebody can bring on a whole new perspective that you never even thought about before. And speaking of which, um, I keep on highlighting this for people because it's so powerful. I, I, I see this as much more than what other people may see it as. The uh, dude, uh, him 500, uh, Marcus Barney, dude just bought a private jet. I'm like, so some people see a private jet as something that's not even obtainable. They just see a, um, a, a I don't know, like a Chevy Corvette or a Tesla as the cream of the crop, the best you can ever do in life. Mm-hmm. And this dude just took it a whole step up as far as what, you, what we can truly obtain for ourselves. When you are surrounding yourself with people who think like this and do things like this, that pretty much removes any negative self-talk that you have to yourself previously saying that I can't achieve something because you can you see it being done in your own community. The problem is that in those communities, you don't, their peers are not doing what they well, no, are not doing these type of this level of work or this mm-hmm. level of achievement. So mm-hmm. that's why a lot of a lot of times the people that we look up to are the athletes, are the rappers, are the drug dealers, because that's all we see. But when you expand beyond that immediate circle, you start seeing so much more. And that's why I think the power of exposure is so huge. So in the morning meetup, I'm so I, I don't know if I ever leave out of there. Cause it's just um, it's constant exposure to a whole new way of thinking, and as uh, as um, Dave's network grows, our network grows as well. Because I've had three guests from um, his podcast on my podcast, mm. because, and that's just the power of connections. I always mm. lead with, I saw you on uh, what's it called, the Social Proof podcast, and I love what you were doing. Um, excuse me, um, I would love to have you on mine as well. And three times out of three, that has worked for me. Wow. So that is just the power of connections. Like I'm being exposed to all new people and I'm able to bring those into my network and we can, it's just, there's endless possibilities with that because like I said, we're real estate investors as well. And so we could um, u- utilize that, that network because of the, the larger cash reserves They can be our private investors. Like it's just endless mm. connections and possibilities wow. when you expand outside of your circle. Wow. Wow. Man, I love it. I love it. Marlon, so we talking about exposure. And I was I was doing some doing some research just off to the side just now because I knew the stat, but I couldn't think of the actual number. But in 2017, okay, so the numbers might have increased since, but in 2017, it said 60% of minorities do not listen to podcasts. 60% in 2017. We'll be generous and I I I I'll just subtract 15% and I'll just say 45% of minorities don't listen to podcasts. So since we're talking about exposure, Marlon, talk a little bit about what what you cover on your podcast and and just just give us just like a sneak peek because people need to be exposed. People need to be exposed to the platform. So talk about the money monopolizers and, and, and how that even came about. Yeah, for sure. I think I commented on it a little bit before as far as how money monopolizers came about. But just to reiterate, 
um, it just was at a time where me and uh, my podcast co-host, we were talking about real estate constantly. We would be on the phone three to four times a week and just talking about the real estate deal we were trying to get into, the house hacks we were trying to get into, um, talking about credit, talking about simple things that you'd never even talk about in school or growing up in your household. And so thinking about that, uh, well, actually his sister had um, overheard us talking a few times and she was like, do y'all talk about this stuff all the time? Why don't y'all do like a podcast or something? And he was like, that is a great idea. And then he brought it back to me and said, hey, we do these, we have these conversations almost every day. And literally the only thing we'd be doing differently is putting a camera in front of us while we talked about it. And we can make it, call it a podcast. And now we can be helping out everybody that's in our immediate, everybody that's in our circle and people all across the world that are, we're not exposed to these type of conversations growing up. And so the podcast came about, we started off mainly real estate. That's all we really knew at the time. Like that was all we had been exposed to. And so as the podcast progressed, we started bringing on guests because we started um, reaching out to more people saying, hey, would you mind being a part of the podcast? I think we started off with people who have uh, paid down debt. And that led to a couple people that were in businesses, such as rental cars, such as um, vending machines. Um, we've had um, somebody who did a, a couple who did a cleaning business. Um, we had all sorts of people that have done built all sorts of businesses. And the fact of the matter is <clears throat> there are so many things out there that we, you just don't even know about because you're not exposed to it. So now we're bringing on these people. We're looking for people who have done have built different businesses or are in different entrepreneurship ventures because that's exposing our audience to something brand new each and every week. And so they, they can pick anything and say, I'm going to do snow cones. We have somebody who did who sold snow cones and was making 400000 in a year off selling snow cones. This is the power of networking, the power of being exposed to different things. Now you know new possibilities in life based on what you're exposed to. So that's how the podcast has grown and what it is today. And really what we talk about at the end of the day is financial literacy and how to control your time, how to control your finances, take control of your financial destiny and build generational wealth for yourself. Somebody moving 400K, moving <laughs> moving cool cups. Man, I'm not mad at them. Goodness. Oh, wow. wow. I mean, I really love just the aspect of exposure. Because just like you were talking about with the gentleman, a.k.a. him 500, a.k.a. Marcus Barney, and with him purchasing the jet. Marlon, when I saw that on Instagram, I was like, Wow. I kind of want a jet too. <laughs> <laughs> no, matter of fact, in the morning meetup, David uh, talks about how because he's in that uh, in a little a text message group with with them, like the whole uh, entrepreneurship mm. um, group in Atlanta. Okay, I, I know that Neo has said he well. David said Neo has said after Marcus had got the uh, jet, I'm getting one next. Oh, what, and Neo he don't play. Neo when he says something, he gonna he doing it. Like oh that's, that's like that's a legit thing. So they finna make that a thing. That's not even finna be an anomaly anymore. This is this is showing you the power of uh that the power of community, the power of your um network, the power of exposure. Once you are exposed to something, it's gonna become commonplace at some point because everybody's gonna believe that they can do it, and that's how generations mm. are gonna be changed forever. Mm. So we're talking, we're talking exposure, we're talking things changing. When did your mindset shift? Because you you because what what you're sharing and just since I've known you I've seen I've seen your elevation and your growth 
but when when did the mindset shift happen for you to even dive into what you're doing now because you got the podcast going like you said earlier you got the the rental car fleet which we haven't dove into we're gonna get into that mm-hmm. and you got the money monopolizers podcast because th- this isn't doing a podcast for one is not easy it's simple but it's not it's not easy okay you know that i'm telling people out there y'all might not know we show up every week okay and sometimes it's heavy it's heavy okay so you got all that going but talk talk about the like the mindset shift when when did marlon walls tap in and say okay it's go time yeah so i just thought about it one thing i didn't really talk about was i did grad school shortly after i started my full-time job so Mm. six months in so this is uh june or no july of 2018 um i only worked for at that full-time job for six months within that that six months i was evolving completely like i i think i read eight or nine books in that six months Mm -hmm. my my ps4 got moved to the got kicked to the curb I barely like I I mean I probably listened to a 200 episodes of podcasts within that 6 months. I just mm. went into a full education and learning mode and that's when I started it was it's not even an overnight thing it just was a gradual I'm learning more I'm understanding a whole new way of life that I never was exposed to before and I just need to educate myself educate 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 and before and by the time I went to Purdue or I think I I said I went to Purdue as my uh, for my graduate school. When, by the time I got oh, there, oh Lord, Purdue, <laughs> Purdue ain't nothing to put your nose up at. <laughs> Serious yeah. business over there. I've been blessed to, for my entire story. I would not even say that I haven't because it's been a straight up blessing for every every stage of my life. And I don't take anything for granted, but I know for a fact if I had the mindset that I did um, by the time I went to Purdue, if I had that before I even went to work at that full time job, I would probably still, I probably never, never would have went to grad school. And that's purely because mm. I was being exposed to too much new information that meant that I did not necessarily need a graduate level degree in order to do what I wanted to do, which was uh, educate people in the financial space and build real estate, uh, like uh, build my financial freedom and my generational wealth through real estate. And um, so it was really gradual. So let's say money monopolizers didn't come into after real estate. Real estate started in uh, June of 2018. So one month before, or there's like, 15 days before I moved out to Purdue, I purchased a house out there. And that's because me and Alice decided we're about to start our real estate journey. And one thing that they talk about in real estate all the time is this term called house hacking. I think I mentioned it earlier. And house hacking is where you, it's like literally the game changer when it comes to saving money and starting your journey to financial freedom. House hacking is where you buy a single family or a small multifamily house, which Mm -hmm. is a duplex, triplex, or quadplex. You live in one bedroom if it's a single family, or you live in one unit if it's a, a small multifamily, mm-hmm. and then you rent out the re- remaining bedrooms or remaining units, and that rent covers wow. your mortgage. Wow! And so imagine you live off of thirty-three to no thirty-three to fifty percent of your monthly expenses is just tied up in the housing. Imagine saving that much money per month, mm-hmm. and that's what I was able to do by uh, by buying that house and renting it out as opposed to um we're going just to rent a, rent an apartment for those two years that i was at purdue and so that's where the real estate journey started wow a year later like i said i told the story already about how we started the podcast i was still in school at the time i was i was in school for a whole year for the uh for the first 30 to 40 episodes of the podcast i was in outside purdue 
Like I was uh, talking about how I couldn't wait, couldn't wait to be done because we were being exposed to so many new people. The mm. people that we, that we met on the podcast, like I said, they, they were doing rental cars, they were doing vending machines, they was doing snow snow cones, and I'm like, yo, there's so many possibilities. The moment that I set foot off this campus, I'm mm. diving into something. Wow. And I'm gonna figure out what it's gonna be. Uh, as soon as I think August of 2020, so August of last year, um, I was just looking at I was looking at cars one day on I think like Auto Trader or Cars.com or something, and I was telling my well, my dad had been a, a part of this process too. Like he'd been listening in to the conversations that me and Alex would always have, mm-hmm. and um, he overheard the rental cars one day. He's like, "Man, we can do that. We can definitely. Do that. <laughs> I like that. We can do that." <laughs> and so. He hears me talk. So that day in August, I'm like, I'm going to give me a car day. He's like, hey, I, I want to do it with you. I want to, I want to jo- join in the journey. I said, mm. man, let's get it. Got that first rental car in August. I can't remember the day, but in, it was like mid-August. It was rented out probably like a week or two later. And we didn't really dive deep into it until this year. So in January, we bought another one. February, we bought another one. <laughs> uh, March, we bought two in one day. April, we bought a second tier. So all of those, the first four were all Nissan Centrus. Uh, <laughs> Same okay. car, just, I think we had a 2016, then two 2019s and a 2018. Then we bought a Kia Forte. And then in last last month in April, we we moved up to the second tier. And that's because we were exposed to new information. So second tier is going to be like the $20,000 plus of vehicles. And that's where we're at now. And we're about to start scaling to tier three, tier four. And we're about to just take over in that space. How how does one how does one get into how, how does one get into the rental car space? Like you were you were YouTubing some videos, you were reading some books. Like what what is like what 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 does that what does that look like? Because I mean, you can find a lot of information on YouTube, but at the end of the day, finding the information you find on YouTube, it's not it's not the whole puzzle, mm-hmm. right? So so how how does one get started with a rental car fleet? I think first you need to understand the mindset of a entrepreneur or a mindset of an investor mindset of somebody who is a student. The, that mindset is I am, I will invest whatever it takes for education because once I learn how to do it, I know it for life. Mm. I would never not know how to run a rental car business. Mm. Never in my life will I not know how to do it. So the way I was first exposed to it was because of the podcast. We bought on this guy by the name of Brian Robinson. Who has a course on rental cars i think i know for a fact it's less than 200 that is a measly investment mm. i'm telling you this the rental car business i'll just give you the the big numbers because I've, this is the potential we bought on so episode 45 was with brian robinson his course i highly recommend it um it's actually in the link link in my bio if you want to go check it out um we also had Pushman mitch on on the podcast on episode 79 he gave his story. He has cash flowed $120,000 hmm. every month. <laughs> month. Oh, God. Month. Oh, from, God. From the rental car business. This is because he has 150 rental cars in his fleet. He has a whole team of people. Oh God! That that are um, that work for him, that work with him in order to make the business work. This is the possibilities that that you see. When you are doing a podcast, when you are exposed to the right people on a plat on Instagram and not watching foolishness, you are le- learning and educating yourself through whatever means. Pushman Mitch also has a course. There's another guy in uh in um what's it called? Another guy in Atlanta that also does rental cars named CEO Matty J. He has a rental car course. 
those three, if you tap into all three of those people, you are guaranteed to mm. know about the rental car space well enough to get started. You're going to have to learn some things, learn along the way. Nothing like when you learn to ride a bike, you have to fall a couple of times mm. and it's okay. Because at the end of the day, your worst case scenario is go back to your full-time job to keep working for another 40 years. Mm. Oh God. <laughs> oh, run that back, Marlon. Run that. That was so disrespectful. That was so disrespectful. You got to run that back one more time. That was we, so disrespectful. <laughs> we are big advocates of that because I'm I always think about what is my worst case scenario. And in my current state, I'm 24 years old. I actually will be 25 next week. Um, so my, my current state from 25, most people retire at around age 65. If mm. I fall flat on my face, if I lose every last dime that I have to my name, for one, I still have knowledge that can't take that away from me. So I can go start the rental car business over again because I have the knowledge. Two, I have the degree already. I can go apply for another job. There's no issue with that and just start over. Th three, this is not, this is not for everybody. This is for me. I don't have any kids. So mm. I'm, so I'm depending on, so only me is dependent on me right now. Mm. I can fall flat on my face today. And at the worst case scenario, I go back and get a job and do what everybody else is already doing. Why not take the risk? Wow. Well, so Mar how many how many degrees do you have? You have the bachelor's and you got the master's. Yep. So I just I have a bachelor's in engineering physics and a master's in mechanical engineering. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back, would you still do it all again? Knowing what you know now, because I, I have to I have to ask, because now with this, with, with the time we're living in and how education is. I say education now is bigger than it's ever been, but I'm not talking about traditional education. I'm talking about what you hit on, talking about courses, talking about people everywhere, showing you how to make six figures from YouTube, from Facebook, from rental cars, from snow cones, whatever it might be. If you knew what you knew going back, would you do it all over again? That's a question I have not had to answer yet because <laughs> that so for me, I probably wouldn't for myself because of the fact that that entire story shaped who I am and the passion that I have. So that is the reason that I probably wouldn't go back for myself. But if I had to advise anybody else, I would say that there is endless possibilities outside of going to school, going to college. But I would say before you before you just say, oh, let's go, let's not go to school, identify your goal. If your goal is financial freedom or time freedom, then school may not be the route because that's going to lead you to the, the job. But they, they don't teach entrepreneurship at the level. Well, for one, you don't need an entrepreneurship degree to become an entrepreneur. You don't need a business degree to become a, a business owner. Ooh, <laughs> say that one more time for the people in yeah, the back. Say it you, one more time. You do not need a business degree to become a business owner. You do not need an entrepreneurship degree to become an entrepreneur. I've never had to show my degree to anybody, to any person to start that rental car business. Never had to show a degree to anybody to start to get into real estate. That So that's not a requirement. That's what people, that's an excuse that people use to go. But like I said, identify what your goal is before anything else. I wish I could talk to myself as a high schooler and tell myself it's important to understand where you want to go to. Like, what is your end goal? What do you want to do after college? Forget during college, after. Because that will help you dictate what school is right for you. If you truly want to go to school, what do you want to go to school for? Is it mechanical engineering? Then why would you go to school for engineering physics? Mm. That, that's a question I would ask myself. But at the time, I wasn't. I just wasn't thinking on that level back then. And I think it also has to do something with exposure. I, I really can't even give you the solution for this. But 
at age eight, 17, 18, I didn't even know, well, the position that I work in today, I didn't even know about that position that even existed back in junior, junior and senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn about that type of work until junior year of college. So the first two semesters, the first two years of college, I still don't truly know exactly what I'm going to go, what I'm going to do full time. I just knew along, I just had ideas based on what I like to do. I knew as a student, I liked math and science. Those are my two favorite subjects in high school and before that. And then I also knew I liked working with my hands. And so that's uh, kind of helped me narrow down my choices to mechanical engineer. If you ask me what a mechanical engineer does, I have no clue. I just oh, know that wow. I, I just know it's math and science and working with my hands. Oh, I mean, that's wow. just me being fully transparent. I'm tr- I truly don't know. I have not been exposed to it. I don't even blame myself for not knowing. I mm. did nothing to learn. I did nothing. I wasn't exposed to anything about it. And that's one thing that exposure brings to you. Because I think in my junior year of college, we had a um, a course called Engineering Capstone, where we had to um, create a prototype of a product. And when you prototype uh, different products, you do what's called um, CAD modeling. And that CAD modeling is where you pretty much do a 3D, 3D mock-up or 3D image of what you want to make and like what you want to uh, like fabricate and make. And then you do what's called 3D printing. You take that model and put it to a 3D printer and it actually makes it from the ground up. Mm. When I saw that, this is my junior year of college. When I saw that, I said, now I found something that I actually like. Wow. To and it took me into junior year of college to figure that out. If I hadn't fixed, saw that back then, I don't know what I would be doing because I would just do a lot, a lot of odd jobs until I f- figured out what I like to do. And that's, that's the case for a lot of people. People don't go to school and having to figure it out. People go to school just because that's the next thing to do. So if you don't have a true plan or purpose, figure out what you like to do before anything else. Mm. 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 Man, golly. Golly. So, so, so what, what is it that, that you do do now, Marlon? What, what is it that you do do now? Just so we're, we're all on the same page. And so, because we, we know you, you got your, your co-host of, you know, the world famous money monopolizers podcast. You know what I'm saying? You got the rental car fleet, which is increasing in car by the day. Okay. We, we know that you have the real estate investing going on. You're a real estate investor, which is a lot of things already on your plate. And but what the nine to five and you still have the nine to five. So what do you, what do you, so what do you do at this nine to five that's keeping you here when you have all this other stuff going on, especially like you said before, if the goal is to have the, the financial freedom and the personal freedom. So right now we're building up to the financial freedom. I would say my main thing right now is the rental cars because that's like the business, the business is what brings in the, the major cash flow. The business creates the freedom. And so right now, like I said, we started in August of last year. We are less than 10 months start since we started. And so we're, we're building that foundation of it. Start, it's growing by the day, but it's still growing. We're still learning each and every day. And we're still trying to build the processes and systems in place to where we know it's going to be sustainable. And so as the cash flow builds, the freedom builds. <clears throat> and once we get that, once we get, get reach a certain level of freedom through the cash flow, then we can have, have the comfort of saying, all right, I have enough to where I can live off of from the from the business and I can leave my nine to five. But right now it's really I'm more so focused on building my cash reserves from the nine to five itself. And that's going to allow me to, to continue house hacking, because one thing about going to banks uh, as far as like for your own personal residence, 
it's a very, very large, a very tall task to go into walk up into a bank and say I'm an entrepreneur or give me a loan. Mm. They, don't, they don't like they don't like loans to people like that. And so mm. uh, when right now I'm in the process of trying to buy another house hack. I've actually been in that process for a, ever since I got back here in J- last July. It's a whole other story in itself. We've talked about <laughs> the podcast several times, but um, I'm uh, working on buying a house hack at the moment. Uh, ought to do it all over again, and that'll be another rental property here. My goal is to get two more. So one this year, one next year, and then I will be able to buy my house that I truly want afterwards because those house hacks, I'm not going to sell them. I plan on, so I live in one unit. Let's say I get a triplex, live in one unit, rent out the other two. And then after a year, you are eligible to move out and go buy another house. So I uh, I will move out into another triplex, but I'm going to keep that first triplex, rent out that last bedroom and let that all be cash flow Mm. because it's already been paying for itself with the first two units. The last unit is cash flow. Now to take that money from that, that cash flow that goes into reserves right now. And I'm also getting the house, also have another unit, the other, other triplex where I'm living in that one for a year. After those, I would move out of that one too and move into my dream house. I have two units, well, no, two triplexes that are cash flowing me mm. um, amount of dollars per month. And guess what? That money gets to go towards the dream house. The dream house doesn't even have to get paid for by me now. Oh. And for itself, was being paid for by the tenants in the two triplexes. Oh. So I never pay for housing again. Oh. Say that one more time, Marlon, just to make me feel good. Say it one more time. Never have to pay for housing because you have two triplexes that are both cash flowing you enough to be able to cover your um, your main house or your, your personal dream house. Or you can use the business money from the rental cars. They're going to be cash flowing like crazy, too. So... You Man. just have passive streams of income coming in consistently that's paying for your lifestyle. And that is the essence of financial freedom. You build up enough ca- uh, cash flow in different um, in different ventures, different passive ventures, with, such as real estate, or build a business that doesn't re- necessarily require a whole bunch of your time, such as rental cars. And that business, because my, my, my end goal is time freedom. My, so time freedom means I need to have the, my finances covered for the entire month, whether it's my car note, whether it's my house note, whether it's uh, bills to other bills to pay, whether it's groceries, I want all that to be covered by cash flow. And in order mm. to do that, I need to build some type of business or some type of investment and put that in place to cash flow me per month. And if mm. I have if I have rental units and if I if I have a rental car business, all that's bringing in residual income that I can use to pay for my lifestyle. Good. You keep saying rental car. You keep talking about this. I mean, I've I've wanted to I've wanted I've wanted to dabble into it. how difficult. And I know this is kind of like a loaded question, but like on a scale of one to 10, right, from not knowing anything about the rental car space to then actually running the business, like how, well, not not from not knowing anything, but we, we, we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. How difficult would you say if somebody, if this was going to be somebody's first business from a one to 10 and what knowing what you know, how difficult would you say is it to run a rental car business? I would say the knowing the knowing part is not the difficult piece. Like you, because information is readily available. You can check. I have two different links. I have Pushman Mitch, and I have um, what's it called? Uh, Brian Robinson's links, both in my bio. If you watch both of those, you're guaranteed to know enough information to get started and run it profitably. Profitably. Mm. The difference is that you need to learn how to truly be an entrepreneur. So you're not selling the you're not you're not renting out vehicles at least not for my business I'm not renting out vehicles I'm renting out an experience to our our rent our guests mm. and so that experience entails great customer service that experience entails great processes and systems that experience entails 
um, being willing to solve their problems whenever they arise and being and solving them swiftly. If somebody locked a key in their car, you're ready to go help them out immediately. You're able to uh, handle whatever problems that they have and make them your problems and make sure you solve them with a sense of urgency. Wow. That's what a true entrepreneur does in any business. They're not, they're not, you're not giving them the product, you're giving them the experience. And that's the difference between somebody who is just starting that doesn't know about entrepreneurship or the entrepreneurial mindset versus somebody who is starting that does understand that. And that's where the, the disconnect will lie. So I think the true first step beyond learning about the rental car business is learning about who you are, learning about just having a lot of going through a level of personal development and mm. understanding the mindset that you need in order to truly make it profitable for you. Because there's going to be a lot of people that jump into the rental car business. That doesn't mean everybody's going to achieve the same, the same level of success. Mm, man, man, that separates the lions from the gazelles. That's it, man. Oh, man, man. So we're, we're going to get ready to dive into the two minute drill. But before we do, and I'm going to explain what that is in a second. Before we do, you, you talked earlier about about mentors and you talked earlier about like coaches and accountability. If you had the opportunity to sit down with three people alive or dead. You get to have a you get to have a dinner with them that they're all at the same table. You can determine if it's going to be vegan options or non-vegan options. You know what I'm saying? That's on you. You 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 can put together the menu, you know. But who would those three people be for you, Mr. Marlon Walls? That's a question I've never been asked before. Asked before, so I got to really think about it. I know for a fact David's going to be at the table just because that's the current mentor in my life. My previous mentors. Hold on, wait, 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 hold on, wait. You said that you have, you have to be clear. Everybody don't know who David is on first name basis. Okay. You just got to be said clear. David, I didn't say the last. <laughs> <laughs> David Shans is going to be number one. Um, he's going to be in the, in the conversation. And I'll probably take his mentor, Jim Rohn. He's going to probably be number mm. two. Because I, I, loved, I love understanding that there is levels to everything. And I love one concept that David has said, and I carry it with me to this day. He says, I never want to be at the very top. As far as uh, as far as mentors to mentees, I always want to be in the middle. Somebody, mm. I want to have a mentor, and I also want to have mentees that uh, that I'm teaching. Never just be at the top. I want to be the top dog where everybody looks up to. I can't grow up here. I grow when somebody's up here, and so I, you need to have somebody that's above that that you look up to, as well as people who look up to you to continue to grow and to continue to have more to give back to your people that you're uh, coaching or that you're mentoring. And so I would take his mentor, Jim Rohn. And then my mentor I had before David was uh, Steve Harvey. And I, I liked him too, because that, that's where I got a lot of personal development. Because of what I learned, what I loved about him was how he was how he talked to people. Like when if you watch him on like his cuts after the show, like not, not like after Family Feud or like in between segments of Family Feud or in between segments of his um, talk show that he had. He would always give like words of advice. He would always talk to people. He would always communicate. And one thing I liked about his story was like, is what I had for myself. He had a severe stuttering problem when he grew up, when he was growing up. And I'm talking about, he couldn't talk outside of his house and people will always um, antagonize him for it. Well, just like patronize him for it and stuff like that. And it will, I think it was a gradual process, but he learned how to cope with it as I have as well. I don't, I don't know if people even have even noticed listening to this conversation, but I had the same exact problem. So I resonated with his story a whole lot. And then one story that I never forget that he tells is that um, he always had big dreams. And that's where I got the slogan, like dream big from. I, I say that all the time as well. He talked about dreaming big and don't, don't let anybody kill your dreams. 
And so he had a story of when he was in fifth grade, I forgot, it was like in middle school, and they had a class assignment where they had to write down what they wanted to be when they grew up. And so just the whole class turned in their papers to the front and the teacher read off every every person's uh, paper, what they wanted to be. Some people were saying doctors, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a dentist, I want to be an engineer. And she did not read Steve's. She saved his for last. So he's all excited, like, oh, man, teacher finna call me out. She, she impressed with mine. My answer was the best. And he's, he wrote that he wanted to be on TV. <clears throat> and so she saved his for last and said, uh, Steve, come read yours. Up to, uh, come to the front of the class and read yours. And um, she goes to the front of the class and says, well, she asks, what do you want to be? When you, what, do, what does your paper say? He says, I want to be on TV. And then she, uh, he's like, he's proud when he says it, like, yeah, mine's the best answer. Teacher uh, threw a big wrench in his plans and said, Why'd you write that? And then he's sitting, sitting there with a blank face and he still has a stuttering problem. So he's like, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, what's the problem? Then she was like, who do you know that is on TV? Do you, hmm. Does anybody in this neighborhood, uh, do you know anybody in this neighborhood that's been on TV? Do you know anybody in your family that's been on TV? Do you know anybody in this state that's been on TV? And he's just sitting there speechless because he, he stuttered so much he can't even speak right now. Uh, I, 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 I. And she's like, look at you. You over here stuttering. You can't even talk. Why oh. are you going to be on TV? Oh, no. And that... <laughs> so he takes it home that day and talks to his mom. And you think the mom is going to be somebody that's going to be like, yeah, it's okay. Like, yeah, you can be on TV. His mom actually says, why'd you write that down? Like, you know, you're supposed to just write, like, be a doctor or a lawyer or something. And she says, went to your dad at home. I'm going to tell him too. And so he just hurt. He is hurt mm-hmm. to the fullest right now. And his, his dad says, just go to your room. I'll talk to you in a minute. <clears throat> this is where it just gets powerful for me. His dad came to come into the room and says, um, I, I know what your mom, I know what your mom is saying. I know what your teacher is saying. I don't care what they're saying. Whatever you want to be when, when you grow up, write it down, put it in your drawer, read it every night before you go to bed and every morning when you wake up, mm-hmm. one day you'll be there. To this day, he's on TV seven days a week, and he says every every Christmas, he sends that teacher that told him that a flat screen TV, so he should never miss him on TV. Wow. Oh, wow. And that's that's that is powerful for me. That that motivates me every day to think anything is possible, and don't let nobody tell you nothing different. Wow. Wow. And, and and his story gets so much, not so much deeper, but even late because it, it took him a while to get on TV. Oh yeah, no, his story goes. It's like he he didn't start it. Well, he didn't make it at age twenty four. He was talking about late in his thirties yeah. before he started really getting into it. But yeah, no, it's just the power of perseverance and overcoming all the adversity that he had to go through. But all of that was him was uh, I think God building his, up his story. And now he has a lot to pull from when he's encouraging it and others to go do the same for, for themselves. And so it's just all, I don't know, it's just all in God's plan in, in, my, in my humble opinion. Wow. Wow. Those are my three. David Shans, Jim Rome, Steve Harvey. Marlon Walls, everybody. Marlon Walls. Marlon Walls. Come on. Dang. Man. I knew, I knew before we started this episode, I knew this was going to be one of the best episodes, Marlon. <laughs> No cap, no, like the kids say, no cap, no cap. Yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, wow, 
man. No, nah, I've, I've enjoyed it, man. This is this has been fun. I've been this is actually my first time I've got to do an interview. Uh, most time I'm doing it, I'm doing the I'm the interviewer, not the interviewee. So it's been pretty cool. Wow. Well, the fun is the yeah, the up. fun the fun isn't over yet. The fun <laughs> isn't over yet. We got the two minute drill, and then for everybody, if this is your first time tuning in, the two minute drill is where we just have a have an opportunity just to you know just ask a few rapid fire questions, and then we we just see a slightly different angle uh, of our guest. It's just for fun. Marlon, are you ready? Yes, sir. I don't even know what's coming up next. I'm just ready. Let's get it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Favorite food pizza what type of pizza pepperoni no, nothing else i mean nothing else <laughs> if it's oh, cheese wow. i'm not i'm not eating it if it's it's rare for me to eat something besides pepperoni pizza i, I would go like to huh. a, a like my pizza or something i'll customize it but it's our pepperoni all the way uh, okay okay what's what's the last book you read dreams are built overnight david shans <laughs> <laughs> how fitting how fitting You're right <laughs> uh what, what's your go-to streaming show of preference streaming show Ooh. can it be like on like a series yeah 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 uh, power mm, okay. Between, okay it was power and then there's also undercover billionaire uh, okay okay makes sense makes sense what's your what's your favorite podcast money monopolizes podcast as it should be as, as it should be and then last but not least what's one tip that you want to leave for a student athlete one tip one tip for a student athlete i would say live with no regrets like identify what you want in life and go go after it unapologetically and i think identify your goal uh, after after sports because a lot of people believe that sports is the end all be all sports is just the beginning sports is these sports is the door to all the other opportunities in, in your life so whether that's going to be to become the best lawyer the best doctor the best entrepreneur the best investor this is can be a, a segue for you and just like take all the discipline that you learned as a student athlete and apply it to your everyday life. You are way ahead of the curve compared to most other people who have no level of discipline because they're not being told by coaches, show up here at 5 a.m., show up here at 7 a.m. And just having that constant repetitive schedule of being disciplined each and every day. You have that You have that advantage that nobody else has. Utilize it. Ooh, ooh. And then here's a bonus question. This is an extra question. Who is the who is one guest that you would like to see me interview next on Beyond the Ball? Mm, um, we actually had somebody on by the name of Darius Butler. That was a um, ex NFL athlete, and he has a good, pretty good story too about he has NFL perspective. So I, I pretty liked him a lot. We had him on our podcast. Okay, okay, dope, dope, dope. Now, Marlon, go ahead just 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 take some time and, and let people know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, and how they can follow along in your journey. Yep. So you can con- you can contact me personally or follow me personally at Deuce Walls. That's D E U C E W A L L S. Deuce came from I'm a junior, so that's why it's called, that's why it's Deuce Walls. You can also follow us on our uh, podcast page at Money Monopolizers. We post informative content on there that'll keep you engaged. So check that out and share those posts. That's our that's our outro every every uh, episode. So I'm so used to saying it or so used to hearing it. But yeah, Money Monopolizers is money then M O N O P O l-i-z-e-r-s that's on instagram there it is there it is marlon man my brother i appreciate you coming on and and, and blessing the, the podcast we, we we recorded the longest podcast episode uh on beyond the ball but i'm i'm glad i'm glad because this is a this is a good this is a good dialogue this is a great conversation and I, I appreciate you uh being in the building 
Yes, sir. Appreciate you for reaching out, man. I, I enjoyed it. Most definitely. Most definitely. Marlon Walls, everybody. Marlon Walls, like they do on the talk show. Uh, but everybody, uh, man, if you got any value at all from this episode, I would encourage you wherever you're watching it. I would encourage you to watch it on YouTube because you get to see our reactions and you get to see our lovely faces. But I'd encourage you to screenshot the episode and then DM it to Marlon at Deuce Walls and then let him know like what part added value to you or what part challenged your mindset because he challenged my mindset uh on the platform today as well and then also check out his podcast because with you all being student athletes and you all having opportunities or you know you're looking for what's your next opportunity in life uh the money monopolizers is definitely a great place for you to listen tap in and, and get your mindset challenged so i would encourage you all to do those things and last but not least make sure to click right here right here and subscribe to the podcast right on youtube because you want to get the exclusive content you definitely want to be in the know so everybody thank you so much for rocking with beyond the ball i'm your host jonathan jones and this is beyond the ball where we help you succeed beyond your degree